Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Empowered Woman Rises podcast, where the goal is to empower you to advocate for yourself and women around you. My name is Preeti, and I'm so glad you're here. In the last episode, I mentioned some of the challenges women face in their daily lives and talked about how in the future episodes, we'll look at them further and also discuss some strategies to navigate them. But before we can do that, we need to take a step back and take a holistic look at the problem because without proper problem definition, we cannot propose effective, sustainable, and scalable solutions. So what does that mean? That means that in addition to stating the problem, we also need to understand what causes it, why it's a problem, right? So why should we address it? And what happens if we don't address it? We also need to look at how it's being dealt with today. And at the end of the day, how we'll know that the problem is being resolved. Answering these questions will also give us a common baseline and context as we look for tools and strategies to navigate specific scenarios together. All right, so before we get started, I want to just acknowledge the fact that this topic, these concepts are highly nuanced, highly complex. Um, And so given our forum, our discussions will, you know, just barely be scratching the surface, but it's still important for us to establish that common context. So it's helpful to go through this exercise together. What we'll do is we'll go through these questions over the next few episodes. Um, And today we'll talk about what the problem is and what's causing the problem. We won't go through all of the questions today. um, and, And, you know, you'll get a sense of why, because Really, it's a lot to process, and I'd like for you guys to have some time to digest the information before we go through with the rest of the questions. Okay, so what is the problem? The problem is that women all around the world experience discrimination, marginalization, loss of agency, harassment, and targeted violence every single day across all institutions of life. Whether these are workplace discriminations, such as being overlooked for promotions or denial of proper medical care or violent crimes, such as rape, we can find examples everywhere we look, everywhere we turn. Now, what is causing the problem? Well, the main root cause is what you guys are already probably thinking about. It's the thousands of years old patriarchal ideologies that established men as head of household um, and have subsequently taken roots in things governing our everyday life, such as societal norms, religious doctrine, medicine, laws, war strategies, you name it. Now, it's important to note that patriarchy isn't the natural order of the world. And I say that because, you know, I've heard people talk about how, well, that's just how things are meant to be. They're not. Patriarchy is an established institution. Um, And depending on, you know, what research and timeline you follow, it was established somewhere between 10,000 and 3000 B.C., Um, Some historians tend to think that agriculture and the advent of sedentary lifestyle 
is what led to patriarchy being established. Um, but some historians, such as Dr. Gerda Lerner, thinks that it was actually an agreement between men and women. Um, she believes that a woman's average lifespan being less than 28 years and infant mortality rate being 70, 75%, um, women were having children and taking care of them all the time for the tribe to survive. So in her words, a sexual division of labor was created that was functional. It made sense. It was approved by both men and women. Um, and, you know, she talks about how, again, it was established, but it has obviously had unforeseen consequences, right? We see how it has now evolved. Um, these patriarchal roots create what the UN and the WHO and the World Bank call gender inequality, where men are effectively considered superior. They're given more opportunities and rights to resources, goods, to hold positions of power across families, workplace, government, etc. Um, gender roles are established in a way that favor men having more autonomy and rights than women. We see it in ancient laws like the Code of Hammurabi, where women were to be drowned for speaking up against their husbands. Um, we see it in the now thankfully abolished practice of sati, where the wife was to be burned along with her husband if he died. But we also see it in current laws, right? Where in several countries, the punishment is not as severe if the man kills a woman under the guise of an honor killing. Um, we see it in other societal practices like female infanticide, especially in developing countries because girls are considered burdens where boys are treated as valued assets for families. Even in America, right? We see the right to abortion being challenged every single day. Uh, and, and, you know, more microscopically, we see it in daily interactions, right? So the interactions, like I mentioned in the first episode, um, interactions where I've been called sensitive and hormonal when I spoke up about an issue because I was pregnant at the time, uh, because God forbid, I have an opinion of my own. I mean, all of this is a control mindset that is held by both men and women, by the way. Um, and we see it play out in various ways. So whether or not patriarchy made sense at one point, we now know it has dire consequences for women. Now, gender inequality is only one piece of the puzzle, right? We can't talk about inequality without talking about race. So the term for intersection of sexism and racism is gendered racism, um, Y.W. Boston, a diversity and inclusion and women's empowerment group, defines this as the idea that women of color face further discrimination based on their race because they don't meet the ideal woman notion of that particular society. So, for example, in America, the ideal woman would be a white woman. Uh, so let's talk about an example, right? According to the CDC, Black women are three times more likely to die from a pregnancy-related cause than white women because of variation in quality health care, underlying chronic conditions, structural racism, and implicit bias. You may or may not have heard of Serena Williams 
uh, pregnancy story. So she recently talked about her experience and how she was initially ignored when she alerted healthcare professionals saying that she might have a pulmonary embolism because she, you know, had history of it. She was aware of the signs. Um, so she's initially ignored and only after her insisting is when they started to properly evaluate her. Now, she's a famous athlete, and she's well-educated, right? So she's able to advocate for herself. But think about what this means for low-income families. I mean, socioeconomic status will factor into how you're treated, the resources you have access to anywhere you go. But even being world-famous didn't mean Serena got proper care, right? Um. Let's also talk about how women are then further discriminated based on their sexual orientation and gender identity. The 2015 United States Transgender Survey found that among transgender people who visited a place of public accommodation where staff knew or believed they were transgender, nearly one in three experienced discrimination or harassment including being denied equal services or, or even being physically attacked. Just last year in Philly, um, a story came out where a transgender woman was attacked in her own home. And the police trivialized her injuries and her experience. Um, the Centers of American Progress also notes that one in four LGBT people report facing discrimination in the workplace where they're overlooked for promotions. They face discrimination with housing opportunities, access to education, and other aspects of public life, such as discrimination in retail stores, including experiences that we've all heard about, right? Where couples are denied wedding cakes at bakeries because of their sexual orientation or their gender identity. I mean... Does your heart just hurt hearing all of this? Right? This is what I mean when I say that the world is not a kind place for women. And again, we're just barely scratching the surface here, which is why it's not as easy as saying, okay, just, you know, give equal rights to men and women. Um, by the way, patriarchy also impacts our boys and men in the form of toxic masculinity, right? Because women are seen as the weaker sex, while emotions can only be displayed by women. And so our boys and men are told not to cry or not to be sensitive or not to display these emotions or, you know, to man up. You know, the whole concept is just toxic all around um, and needs to be done away with. But as we've seen today, it's it's not just as simple as that, right? Until the underlying mentality can be changed, until all of these discriminatory institutions can be eliminated, and until adequate laws can be established, these issues are going to persist, uh, which means we have a lot of work ahead of us. All right, so just to know before we wrap up, I'm working on putting together a website where I'll include links to all the sources I've mentioned in the podcast. I highly encourage you to go out there and read more about these topics because there is a ton 
of incredible and detailed research by experts that's fascinating and eye-opening. Um, and it'll give you a chance to form your own opinions on these matters as well. Um, local news may give you a better idea of what's happening in your immediate surroundings. Um, you know, and international news will kind of give you a better overview of how some of these things are playing out globally. Um, as mentioned earlier, in the next episode, we'll take a look at the rest of the questions in the framework. So, you know, why is it a problem? We've sort of touched on it today. We'll continue to look at it. Um, what's being done to address these issues? We'll look at it both, you know, at a local level in the United States. We'll take a look at it globally with the work of organizations like UN, like WHO, like World Bank. And we'll look to answer questions about, you know, how can we measure progress, right? What do some of the metrics look like? Okay, I know that was a lot, um, but I hope this was educational for you. That's it for today's show. Until next time, thank you for being here and take care.